Hey, this is Scott Coogan, and you're listening to John on Iron City Rocks. Rock and roll. Hey, this is Ricky Rocket, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. To all my friends, this is Brett Michaels, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks. And let me tell you something, it will rock your world. episode 496 of the iron city rocks podcast i'm your host john coming to you from the iron city of pittsburgh pennsylvania bringing you the best rock hard rock heavy metal and blues talk on the net episode 496 we are joined by the iron city rocks pittsburgh music hall of famer from the class of 2011 mr brett michaels brett no stranger the pittsburgh area just did a show right after thanksgiving here at the palace theater he's been to jurgles many many times did the stadium last year as part of the stadium tour, so gets here quite often. But this time he's got a very special show, kind of his brainchild called the Party Gras Tour, which will be coming on July 15th to the Pavilion at Star Lake. Brett will be joined by friends Night Ranger, Jefferson Starship, Steve Augeri, who was the vocalist for Journey for many, many years, and Mark McGrath uh, will be joining him as well. And as he talks about in the interview, he's got a couple surprise guests for the Pittsburgh area. So we're going to check that out. Uh, we had a wonderful time talking to him. It was great to, to talk to him. He's got an infectious energy, as I think anybody who's ever seen him live can attest. So we will talk to him in just a minute. And then also joining us, uh, Kenny Stockhart, who is a Pittsburgh musician who is releasing a Christmas album. We wanted to give you something to get you in the Christmas spirit. So we will catch up with Kenny and talk about his Christmas release in just a bit. But first, we'll play you a little Brett Michaels. We'll get into that interview. Lock the cellar door And baby Talk 
Appreciate you joining us. Um, been wanted to talk to you for a long time. We've been at this a long time. You were actually one of the very first artists in our in our Pittsburgh Music Hall of Fame that we put together. It was was voted in by our fans. I think uh, you and uh, Donnie Iris and uh, a couple other folks were kind of like no brainers, first ballot kind of guys. So been glad to get a chance to Thank talk you. to you. You're going to be rolling in July 15th, which you know seems like an eternity between Brett Michael shows in all honesty for Western Pennsylvania, but you're bringing a big party this time around. You know, we've, we've got the clubs, we've got the theaters, but this one, this one's going to be a night to remember. I think what, what kind of brought you to this sort of idea to get some of your friends together and do a show like this? So I, I started putting party crawl together um, probably about 19 and then we hit the pandemic, you know, we were mm-hmm. doing the stadium tour and then the world took a little bit of a stop down, right? Yeah. And if there was ever a time, I just kept working on it right through that because all the shows we were doing then were just virtual. You know, you were online and literally yeah. I was playing concerts for events online. It was mm-hmm. crazy. But it was, I put this together to be the ultimate, just unbelievable summer party. And what I mean is, for me, I, I kind of made a quote that was funny. I said, it is a, the absolute circus of awesomeness. It's a, it's all of us getting together as friends. So I, indiv- I need to say this, right. I individually called each of the people that's on this tour, all the musicians, I called their managers. I called their agents. I, I know all of them for a long time. Um, and I said, look, I want to put together a night of a celebration of the fans, the bands, radio, music, but I need it to be a throwback. Um, let me say this, a modern day throwback to the good times of tailgate parties. Yeah. You know, I want it to just be a night of having truly nothing but a good vibe beyond just a good time, a good vibe from the minute they get in the parking lot. We've got, uh, you know, I designed these, long story super short these tiki golf carts that go around welcoming people you know people that are traveling with us and then they roll back into production later but just greeting people making them feel welcome and thankful and then all of a sudden you go into this whole you know we have all kinds of when i say circus it's like we've got the dress like brett karaoke contest for someone Mm -hmm. to actually win singing on stage at the end of the night like we're giving them a mic and i said whether you're really great or really awful, be one of the other. Yeah. You know what I mean? Exactly. I said, either be really great or really awful, the radio station will vote. And I said, but you're going to get to come out, preferably great, at the end of the night, and we're going to take all the bands. So, again, as I cut through all these things, the, what my design was with Party Gras was the just, again, and I want to say this correctly, all killer hits, no filler, and starting with Jefferson Starship, I started going through all their hit list, got on the phone with them yesterday, and we just, I said, look, they were, they've been out on a few other tours, opening overseas in Europe for Deep Purple and different bands. They just didn't have a lot of stage room. Right. I said, no, no, I, wait till you see what I've designed. I need every band to be killer. I I love it when the bands play great, sound great, look great, and have energy. It makes it it makes not only a great show for the fans, it makes a great show for me. Now the fans are fired up, so I said, look, I designed it so your drum set's back here. 
you've got all this stage room and they were grateful. And I went through the hits with them and I was looking at this and I said, you've got like 12 more than that, but 12 hits that people are going to go crazy over. I'd like to get 35, 40 minutes, just hit after hit people are singing till their voices hoarse. Then night Ranger comes up, plays all their hits. They're friends of mine. I asked Jack, I got on the phone with Jack Blades. I said, Jack, are you interested? I pitched him the concept. We didn't even get two words. He goes, I'm in. I'm just in. Put me in. I want to play. I want to rock. I want people to have a great time. And he has the same energy as I do. And so does Starship. They have this upbeat energy. Then I called up Steve and I called up Mark McGrath. And I said, here's what I'd like to do. You're going to be in my band. So it's Brett Michaels, Steve Ajari, Ajari, and and Mark McGrath. We're like, my band plays, and you literally, I'm going to come out and hit with three, three or four poison hits. Mm-hmm. Then, boom, we hit with Steve, Steve seamlessly. I throw the mic stand. I say, I want to sing one of my favorite Journey songs, So Do You. And I, I look around and I say, but rather than me sing it, why don't I play guitar and let this guy sing it, the actual singer from Journey. Boom, and Steve comes out, sings two or three Journey hits, throws back to me, I throw to Mark. Then at the end of the night, all the bands come out and we do a big song together. Now, this this really kind of almost flies in the convention, I think, of what you, know, you probably grew up on, what I grew up on, where opening acts may not even see the headliner. You know, you're making phone calls. This is kind of a different paradigm that I think a lot of people are used to. Is this kind of how you envisioned it? I want a little more interactive. I want, you know, camaraderie between the bands. Cause I think, you know, that kind of energy and in, in synergies ought to blow the roof off the place. That you just, so thank you for noticing that. I, I for real, let me say this, the energy. And if I can borrow this, the energy and synergy that's going to happen sets the tone in other words that celebration of the fans and bands the bands better be having a great time too because it's tough to fake it now yeah there's i've never i want to make this very clear every tour i've ever done and this includes even when we were doing the stadium tour we walked into the i mean everybody i am adamant that i call everybody say hello how are you doing a very personal touch to it with every tour I've ever done. Even when we were opening shows or, or a special guest, I would mm-hmm. call them and say, do you mind if I call up this guy or this girl and just say hello? And and that's the way, if you saw the stadium stuff, I'm back there throwing baseball with Joan Jett. You know, that yeah. always taking care of the crew. It's important for me to know that it takes, the people know, it takes a village. And I really, when I was in Pittsburgh, I came out there and said, man, I can't stop smiling. It's good to be home, yeah. throwing the terrible towel around. But then I said, before I go any further, I want to thank the other bands I share the stage with. And I want to take a moment to thank the crew that loads this city in. Yeah. And that's the same approach I take, whether I'm playing at Star Lake, at the stadium, or at Jurgles. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. take the same approach. Yeah, and I think I think the go thing ahead. that helps is that people can sense the nature, your genuine nature that you do this with, you know, I mean, there are bands out there that, you know, Hey, thanks so-and-so for coming out and open the show. And, you know, they, 
have no idea who the hell the opening act even was, or you know, <laughs> oh didn't listen God. to a note. You are so true you know, that. You know, some you know whoever <laughs> got booked to play that show with him. So it's it's great to see. Yeah. You know, you've got everyone's interest at heart, but primarily the fans, and that's you know that certainly comes through. And I think that's why you pack everywhere you play every time you come. I I love that you said that, and thank. Can I say this in the article that if you point not it's not just about me but point out that energy and synergy that i can't explain that's what sets the tone Mm -hmm. and trust me i've i've been uh, uh, i'm just saying this i've been to shows maybe not playing i go to a lot of shows Mm -hmm. and you know i like to go to concerts and have a great time sporting events but you can feel when there's a good synergy and you can absolutely feel when it isn't you know what I yeah, mean? You yeah, can, absolutely. You're like, I don't know that these guys even like e- these people even like each other. And I love the the feeling I'm about to bring on the party Gras was developed from the Mardi Gras. So I would go down to New Orleans and host, you know, be on the big floats down there. Yeah. And I did the Orpheus one year and we took the float right into the arena. I've never seen so many different walks of life everywhere. Partying. The world came together. And it felt right. I stepped off the float, got on stage, started singing. Harry Connick Jr.'s up there singing with me. Then all of a sudden I look around. There's people from Modern Family. There's Cindy yeah. Lauper. It was an incredible – again, music's a universal language. But everyone came together, and that's what Party Girl is about. And yeah. it just worked that night. And that's that's what we're bringing to Pittsburgh, that tailgate. I picked a Saturday for that reason, and it's it's going to be incredible. Yeah, I think there's there's no question about that, and I, th- I think that's you know as as a music fan, I I love the fact that you didn't just get the obvious kind of you know right in the exact same genre kind of artist as well. You know that's kind of a neat thing for you know that kind of harpkins back to the way things were done in the '60s and the '70s, where you know the the opening acts were a little bit different. You know, uh, you know to to really make yeah. it make it fun. Yep. You know. Oh, let me just add one thing. I'm excited about this. I'll make this quick. If you notice with you, I just want to say this. If you go through my sort of what I've, things I've done, if they go and check Brett Michaels' solo music, if they, all of a sudden you see me in one of the first pictures, me, Kenny Chesney, Tim McGraw singing on stage, Mm -hmm. doing shows together. Then I'm headlining with Eric Church at Barefoot Country. Then I've got Josie from uh, Saliva on stage with me. Jimmy Buffett and me, yeah. <laughs> we did, we're going to open this whole thing in Detroit, and it's me and Jimmy Buffett remaking Margaritaville together. And then all of a sudden, it's Dave Matthews. And I'm saying that's, that's what this is supposed to feel like. It's going to have a great feel. And I want to add one thing. I have two very special mystery guests coming out uh, from the, the Berg. Uh, and I'll just leave it at that. There, uh, I love the flavor of each city we're going to. Like Detroit has a flavor of Detroit, sure. flavor of Pittsburgh, and it's going to be amazing. Well, Brett, we cannot wait to see you. We'll we'll catch you July fifteenth at Star Lake, and I'm sure the place will be packed. I want to thank you so much. Thank you, and I'll leave you with one thing. I just want to say thank you for what you do. Brett Michaels, Hot Off the Stadium Tour, now brings you Party Gras 2023 with special appearances by former Journey singer Steve Ajeri, Mark McGrath from Sugar Ray, plus special guests Night Ranger and Jefferson Starship. 
Saturday, July 15th, The Pavilion at Star Lake. Tickets on sale Friday, 10 a.m. at LiveNation.com. Don't miss Party Gras 2023. All right, so you can get those Brett Michaels Party Gras Tour tickets starting on Thursday the 8th. If you go to LiveNation.com, use code CHEER. That'll unlock the pre-sale. If not, you forget that. You can go on the 9th and get those tickets. Again, ought to be an awesome show. Jefferson Starship, Night Ranger, Steve Augeri, former vocalist of Journey, as well as Mark McGrath. So it uh, should be an amazing, amazing show. Brett uh, tears it up every time he comes to town, and, and we're blessed to have him coming back for another show. We're going to turn our attention now to a, a gentleman who came across my desk uh, recently, Kenny Stockhart. Uh, who is is a beautiful uh, soul R&B singer, and uh, you know, we listened to it, loved the music, and then I'd heard he was releasing a Christmas EP, and I was hooked. Uh, had to get him on the show. Great time of the year where we don't worry about genre so much. Kenny, multi-instrumentalist, amazing talent. Uh, so we're going to play you a little bit of his music, and then we're going to talk to Kenny Stockhart. How you doing, Kenny? I'm good. How are you today? I am doing fantastic. I, your music came across our desk uh, not that long ago uh, from your album, which was released earlier this year, Chase Chance, and then um, 
got word of, of some new music forthcoming that, that really got us excited to talk to you. So wanted to give a chance for our listeners to kind of get to know your music. Um, and, I, and I think this is kind of the perfect segue this time of year where people are a little less genre-specific when it comes to music. Um, your music as a yeah. whole, would you classify yourself as a jazz singer, an R&B singer, soul? Where, where do you kind of see yourself as a singer? Uh, I guess I guess the answer is yes. I see myself as all of those. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I have a lot of a lot of different uh, musical experiences and just a lot of influences just growing up and just uh, because I listen to so many different styles of music. So I think they're um, all the true at some point in time. I think I'm always a soul singer, no matter uh, if it's R and B or sometimes I end up singing country stuff or you know mm-hmm. rock and roll. I sing back and rock and roll man. But yeah, it's all soul music. So I think soul might be like an overarching theme of my music, but definitely all of those other elements also. What kind of drew you into to singing? I mean, obviously a lot of people grow up that you know they listen to music, they enjoy it, but to take the leap to you know to maybe play an instrument is one thing, but to take the leap to stand behind the microphone is certainly, uh, I think, takes maybe maybe because I can't do it, it takes a little more courage. What what kind of made you you um, take that leap of faith into the world of singing? Was it something you were just God given skill, or was it something you worked at? Yeah, both. I think it was God given talent to begin with. And, uh, my, I come from a very musical family, and so we. I've always been a singer, and uh, I've always been a musician. Just just as uh, my nature and my family encouraged that encourages that with everybody in our family from birth that we just are musicians um and then when i went to school i started to you know take classes and you know, went into voice lessons and things like that and so i've always been singing and then I, but i didn't decide to make a career of it until like my mid 20s was there a particular you know kind of growing up a particular singer singers that that you kind of were drawn towards and said you know that's that's something i could see myself doing or you know i particularly see myself in that vein as a singer yeah like growing up i listened to a lot of gospel music and so gospel music and jazz music was like the only music my mom would listen to for okay and so i listened to um, a lot of luther vandross a lot of like darwin hobbs um donnie mcclerkin a lot of uh gospel legends uh mm-hmm. walter hawkins and people like that and then when i started finding my own music you know when i first got my first iPod and I like that was you know you know the all the rage back then yeah. in the early 2000s is when I started listening to like um, more R&B things like John Legend and Anthony Hamilton and then when I when I would listen to them I would listen I'd kind of go I think I can do that like what because they had like raspy soulful voices and it kind of felt like what my voice sounded like at the time it still kind of does so they they kind of became my earliest influences outside of the music my mom had kind of put in front of us. Yeah, it is amazing, you know, when you think back growing up, and, and I grew up in a house where music was, was played a lot, too, where you don't realize it kind of seeps in your pores. You know, you you come out and you're like, oh, yeah. you, why am I, you know, when I hear this song from artists, whomever, you know, fill in the blank, you know, it takes you to a place, you know, in your youth. And I enjoyed when you said you, you had the iPod and you kind of had that moment where you could do it, and I, I think... I had a very different experience in my life where I had an iPod and I said, boy, I know I can't do that. So good for you for realizing. <laughs> maybe, 
Yeah, and I don't think I don't think I'd ever kid anybody that I could be in the world with Luther Vandross. Uh, you know, that, you talk about a legend there. Um, yeah, that, that, seriously. Yeah, that that's a that's a name that I think commands a lot of respect. So you you mentioned taking classes in school. Um, were these was this you, you what you went to school for? Or was this something you were you know filling some credits in an elective sort of you know liberal arts kind of education? You took some music classes just to kind of fill blocks or. So, yeah, I went to a liberal arts college, but I studied uh, biology, um, but I sang in choir, and my scholarships were as a singer. Okay. So I had, like, a lot of responsibility um, in the in the fine arts because of my scholarship, and then a lot of responsibility um, in the natural sciences because of my major. So I did end up taking, like, uh, voice lessons and diction classes and, like, participating in choir. and every, Everything that a voice student would do, I took those same classes. Um, so I don't have a degree in music though, but my degree is in biology. But that's where I ended up studying both of them kind of simultaneously. Yeah, that, that's uh, in, in your experience with the choir. I mean, was that something that that helped you? And this is something I think I actually just saw a book on this about harmonization. I mean, is that something that kind of helped you appreciate? You know, I think a lot of people, you know, they have a voice, they have a certain range, and they know how to maybe work within that, but really don't understand how the voices work together is that something that that, that helped you with it was uh, it was something that my mom really instilled in us early and my family uh, because growing up singing at church or around the house we always sang in harmonies okay we always sang in parts so we because we sang together and so there were always choir like songs and things that took a lot of voices and so my mom and my family is just really naturally gifted at harmonizing and blending so when it was funny because when i went to college that's when i realized that that was a different gift that, that not everybody who could sing had yeah so college kind of really started to show me like all of these things that I, I didn't know a name for but that my mom had put in musically yeah your mom's teaching you the thirds and the fifths and you don't even realize it that's that's uh Right, I didn't, I didn't even know those terms but I knew how to find it like I can always go to those parts you know, just naturally if I hear one note I know I can tell you what the chord is around it or what the possibilities are around it yeah, that, that's a that's a beautiful gift and, and, and trust me, something that not all of us are born with <laughs> I could hear it, I can tell yeah. you it sounds good but can't, you know, break it down so that's, that's wonderful um, so you, you had the career in biology, obviously, you, you got a degree, and you know you were going out into the world. What what kind of brought you back to music? Was there something in particular, or is it just you found your passion was kind of saying, you know, make this album, young man? You know, what kind of brought you back? Uh, it was a lot of life experiences. Like one in particular, uh, my grandfather, who I was raised by my mom and my grandparents, really had a hand in that. Also, uh, we I really grew up in like your when you think of a village, like I literally grew up that way. Mm-hmm. I lived in the same house with all of my first cousins and my aunts and uncles. They all reared me and I got, you know, I got whoopings from everybody <laughs> and I got praise from everybody. Um, but uh, when my grandfather got sick in 2017, in January 2017, I was working um, at that time as an operations supervisor at a plasma center in Cleveland. And my grandfather and my whole family is in St. Louis, where I'm from. Right. And I needed to take time off to be with him uh, during his treatment because he had cancer. Um, 
And I couldn't get enough time off because, you know, corporate yeah. America doesn't work that way. No. We had a certain amount of PTO. And, they, you know, and my bosses, they were um, as accommodating as they could be. Uh, and I credit them for that. But I needed more time than was allotted. And so I ended up uh, quitting the job so that I could go home and spend time with my family uh, because this was uh, what became the first loss that my immediate family experienced sure. because my grandfather, he passed in August of that same year. Um, and so in the middle of that, I sat, after he passed, I sat in St. Louis with my family and just grieved for a few weeks. And at the end of August, because he passed on August 2nd, and uh, like right around, actually early September, around the Labor Day weekend, I was like, I need to go back to Pittsburgh and get back to work. And I was going to find another job in the industry in, in plasma, because that's what um, mm-hmm. what I had experience in. And my resume was full of lab experience. And so I looked and I realized I didn't actually need to immediately go back into a job because I was working so many gigs on the side, like performing. Yeah. And that's when I really, like my eyes started to open up like, wait, I already have a job and it already pays enough. So I don't actually have to go back to um, working in corporate America. So I just kind of took that moment. I took a few months and lived that way. And then I went back in 2018 to a job uh, as an assistant manager in a plasma center. And after about four months, I was just like, you know what? I don't have to do this anymore. And I didn't want to anymore. And so I just started pursuing music full time since then. Yeah, that's great that you had, you know, kind of kept that, you know, the the gigging going. You know, I think a lot of people, you know, kind of gig is, Mm -hmm. and they don't take it serious. But if you really look at, you know, and you and you do the kind of shows and and the material that can keep you busy enough, there there is a living to be made there, and it's wonderful you had the opportunity. So the album that became um, your debut. Um, were these songs that you had mm-hmm. kind of penned, or, or do you write with other people, or these standards? Yeah, I mean, I do write with other people, but on Chase Chance, I ended up, I wrote all of those songs myself. Um, and so, and it wasn't on purpose, it was just like, the songs that made the final cut just happened to be all ones that I was a solo writer on. Mm-hmm. Now, do you play an instrument, you mentioned, I think, earlier that you played some instruments, do you, do you write, you know, melodies and things like that? as well like, yeah so i it's funny i actually write melodies vocally first like i sing it okay. and i just record myself singing it because i can hear it in my head first um, but i do play piano and guitar and i play trombone for my, my marching band days in high school there you go um, nothing wrong with that but no i love it yeah but i don't primarily i primarily write vocally and then i go to the keyboard and say what is supporting what i'm already singing yeah, and that's that's a neat a neat way to do it, you know. So you see so many artists that you know kind of come up with, you know, a musical riff or a, you know some sort of chord progression, and then mm-hmm. tailor the lyrics. And sometimes you can end up with things that you know. I'm sure you've heard this too, where it seems like you're kind of shoehorning the lyrics into a song, you know. So if you let the yeah you let the yeah. words kind it's of tougher for me. Be, yeah, that's really cool, and uh, I'm sure it helps. I mean, as odd as it sounds, that you know the trombone you know gives you that you know, kind of the lower register bass clef experience that a lot of musicians don't have. Oh, um, yeah. So that's, yeah, and that was good for my sight reading when it came to like college singing. Yeah, and, and someday if you ever decide you want to get into blues, you could be like Trombone Kenny. You know, <laughs> I don't think anybody's taken... Oh, right. You borrow hey, a bass from Trombone. I, I bought a new... Yeah, I bought a new trombone this year, so I, I am getting back to it. <laughs> 
nothing wrong with that. I mean, there, you know, that's it's, a, it's some great music in it, and a, a very versatile instrument. Um, so you, you took mm-hmm. the leap into Christmas music, which is, I think, kind of what drew drew my attention. Uh, very Kenny Christmas. Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember interviewing. I think it was the founder of the Trans Siberian Orchestra, who was, you know, become synonymous with Christmas, and he brought up something that really caught my attention. That when you make an album, okay. you make a studio album, you're kind of competing against your last album or people in your genre mm-hmm. at the time. When you make a Christmas album, mm-hmm. you are entering in the world of everyone. You're entering in the Vince yeah. Guaraldi, the Elvis Presley, <laughs> the Bing Crosby's, um, Mariah Carey, yeah. I guess the, the quote, Queen of Christmas, trademark uh-huh. pending. Um, That's what they say, yeah. Is that, <laughs> did that kind of cross your mind? I mean, these songs, I, I it, correct me if I'm wrong, please. These are original songs, these three? Yes, they are. Was that? I'm yeah, sorry, four. It's four songs. Four, four songs. No, my apologies. Yeah. Was that? Did that ever cross your mind when you were doing that, or was it just you know, I, you know, I love Christmas. I want to write about it. It's a great, you know, theme to write about. Or is this, you know, yeah, kind I of think a, I thought I, I definitely. I'm sorry, you go ahead. I was gonna say, you know, you kind of make a stamp when you make a Christmas album. It's, you know, you, it's not one that many artists ever make a second. You know, I guess there's a few out there that kind of make a living on Christmas albums, but, you know, this is kind of your forever moment when it comes to this. When you make the the follow up to Chase Chance, you know, that becomes your new album. But your Christmas album always is kind of there in its place. Did that kind of come into your head or, right. or maybe I'm overthinking? No, it, it came across my mind, but not uh, in a competitive sense. I kind of uh, looked at it as like joining a club. You yeah. know, like among all of those names you mentioned, I was just like, I want my my project too. I want a Christmas. I want to like you know put my spin on what my what Christmas feels like to me. And so I didn't feel pressure at all to compete, but I did feel like I, I, there was initial pressure for me to compete with myself. I'm sure. And, and like comparing like whatever I did on Chase Chance to what I'm doing now. Um, but I didn't feel a competition against like the catalog of music that exists mm-hmm. in the Christmas genre. Uh, I love the yeah, it was good, and I and I'm definitely I love the fact that you didn't go out and just pick twelve standards, you know, for lack of a better right. term. You know, you 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 know, you look at many, you know, your your kind of top artists, and, and there's a bit of a formula to a Christmas album. You see, you know, if there's ten songs, let's say seven of them are tried and true Christmas classics, and three will be new potentially with a guest star you know it, it seems almost like a formula um but yeah. you know you went at it in, in a very different you know direction of i'm going to do it my way and i think the title speaks to that you know you put it right there in the title a very kenny christmas um which i love because yeah. it's bold um yeah, yeah. question for you there when you recorded this what time of the year was it? Because it's always fun to, to hear stories of, you know, artists in 90 degrees outside hold away in a studio recording Christmas oh. songs. Oh, no. No, I recorded it last month. Okay. And it was like the fall, really cold. I just, uh, I, because I just didn't walk in with any type of um, anxiety or like some need to, you know, have it produced well ahead of time mm-hmm. i just in around september i called the guys who i perform with um, every friday night at a steakhouse in town mm-hmm. and i said hey do you want to just put a project together 
and and I do view recording in the way that um, artists view recording back in the 60s and 70s, mm-hmm. where it's like you have your band and you just go in and you do the song, you mm-hmm. know? And so it's not like uh, all of these, it's not as in, in the same way like how we do contemporary recording now, where it's like yeah. everybody's in an isolated booth, recording one at a time. Sure. We did a little bit of that, but for largely for Chase Chance and this project, I, I had the same people in the same room and they played together. And so it's, it's much more efficient. And, uh, it was a, it was a cool process. Like I purposely didn't like over polish everything or every mm-hmm. line or every phrase. It's like, I wanted it to feel authentic. And when I wrote it, I wrote it just thinking of Christmas when I was growing up and with how, how my family treated me and the way that love felt. And I just put my energy on focusing on that experience because I just, I really wanted to tell, you know, a very Kenny Christmas is really for me just saying this is what Christmas has meant to me and this is how it has shaped in my mind based on my family's love over the years. Yeah, and that's that's a beautiful sentiment. And I think it comes through in the listening. I think the other thing, you know, you mentioned the band and, and I had obviously had no conceived notion of how it was recorded. I mean there's a million different ways to make albums, but there is I think mm-hmm. a nice chemistry in the music how important is that you you mentioned playing with this band every friday night how how much kind of unspoken you know i don't even know what the right word is but chemistry i guess is maybe the the simplest term to put it in do you build up in a rapport with these musicians where you kind of have the ability to do a project like this with almost you know live mics kind of capturing every imperfection is that can you quantify that the you know the kind of the miles on that relationship you have with these guys? Yeah, I think it just it grows deeper and deeper, and like the the communication, like we understand each other more every week. Because, mm-hmm. You know, when you're performing, especially when I'm singing, I can't necessarily say what I want them to do. They watching my body, they watching how I'm moving and how my energy changed vocally, or like the looks that I give them. And so we we've learned and then we talk about it between like set breaks and at the end of the night it's like oh yeah you went this way on that song and i was trying to do this and it's like you know so we've gotten into a good practice of working together respecting each other and also debriefing every week about yeah. like, moments where we thought we weren't on the same page so we just keep you know sharpening each other in a sense and so it's easiest to record with them because we understand each other so sure well. yeah you, you you see singers who you know in a situation like this might go and just you know say i need i need a guy who can play the piano and an upright bass and you know come on in we'll do this gig i'll pay you x amount of money and we'll make a record but i, I imagine you know sonically you can pick that out where you've got that relationship with musicians um speaking of live gigs i know you okay. have you have a show coming up at the club cafe do um, you want to talk a little bit about where people can catch your performance coming up? Yeah, Club Cafe, December 13th. I'll be there um, supporting uh, Iva, who is like a pop-slash-classical singer. Um, and there's another guy, Dan, on the show. Um, and the three of us are going to do that show. I'm, I will be doing some of my original music uh, from Chase Chance. I will be doing some Christmas stuff, and I'll be doing some music that has yet to be released. So I'm really excited about that show. Uh, a lot of things coming up. I, I'm, I'll be in Denver for a Christmas show, uh, opening for Hazel Miller on December 23rd. I'm very excited about that show. She um, she is like an icon in the Denver area, and everybody looks forward to her concert. So I'm 
that she put out a one concert date for the 23rd and they had to open a second date on the 22nd just because of the ticket sales. Um, and so I'm very excited about those shows. But yeah, a lot of things coming up. And if folks want to catch, you mentioned the weekly show. Is that it? That's it, Eddie V's? Yeah, Eddie V's. Uh, typically every Friday. Uh, if you check the calendar on Eddie V's website, they always post uh, updates if this calendar changes. Like next week, I'll be there on Thursday instead of Friday. Okay. Just because of my availability. Wonderful. Yeah, so it'll always be on their website when I will be there. Okay. All right. Well, Kenny, I want to thank you so much. Uh, again, a very Kenny Christmas will be available. Um, the actual release date to like Spotify and such is that the 11th? Am I right, or will it be on the 13th? Okay. That will be this Sunday. Okay. Awesome. Yep. All right, Kenny. I want to thank you so much. I appreciate it, and I hope folks can check out your website. Uh, we'll have links to all that in the show notes for anybody listening. And I want to thank you so much, and have a great Christmas yourself, man. Hey, thank you. I appreciate you. Come back to the ultimate rock Christmas tradition. Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Two shows, Saturday, December 17th, PPG Paints Arena. Welcome by 96.9 Bob FM. Millions have made this their must-see holiday event of the season. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. Trans-Siberian Orchestras, The Ghosts of Christmas Eve, The Best of TSO, and more. All right, again, want to thank Kenny Stockard. Again, a very Kenny Christmas will be available on the 11th of December. You can go to KennyStockard.com. That's S-T-O-C-K-A-R-D.com and get that EP. Uh, he's got a release show coming up at the Club Cafe. You can check that out, and his website lists all of his his dates. I know we touched on some of those in the interview. If you didn't catch all of those, we will include a link in the show notes. And again, very special thank you to Brett Michaels for taking the time out of his amazingly busy schedule. I I wonder when the man has time to sleep, frankly. Uh, Always on go mode. Uh, it's, It's great to see. He's like a force of nature. He'll be here on July 15th at the Star Lake Amphitheater with Jefferson Starship and Steve Augeri and Mark McGrath and Night Ranger. That'd be an amazing, amazing show. One of those shows you could just see hot summer night. You know, you're really in the heat of the summer. Great night to, you know, sit out on the lawn or if you want to get yourself, you're one of those people that want to have a chair. That's cool. Uh, great night of music, you know. And as he said, it's all all killer, no filler. And that's certainly the case, you know. With, with they're going to kind of hit you like a 10 ton brick when they come. So want to invite you to check out our website, ironcityrocks.com. You can catch us at ironcityrocks at gmail.com. Let us know if there's things you want us to check out, artists that you'd like to see profiled or interviewed. Also, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, uh, TikTok, are all Iron City Rocks. So check that out, and we appreciate you listening. Until next time, thank you so much.